Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Dr. Michael Platt, thank you for joining me in beautiful desert down there, right? <clears throat> well, it's, it's, it's nice. Uh, finishing up the warm season, and now and now it's the place everybody wants to be all winter. And you're exactly. doing some incredible work there. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And um, I'm, I think I'm just going to be winding you up here and, and turning you loose because we have this widespread uh, misunderstanding of uh, adrenal fatigue and misdiagnosis, misuse of uh, prescription drugs, and you're going to uh, set everybody straight. So I'd love to hear <laughs> you. Try um, to. Love to hear you explain it. <clears throat> um, well, we're going to be talking about what I call adrenaline dominance, and in essence, what that means is that it, there's, there's another term called estrogen dominance, and uh, applied to women who have. Um, problems related to excess estrogen <clears throat> in terms of fibroids and endometriosis and cramps and PMS and breast tenderness. So adrenaline is, is along the same line, you know, adrenaline dominance along the same line is when people have excess adrenaline. And <clears throat> excess adrenaline is responsible for a lot of conditions that people are not aware of. Uh, <clears throat> for example, the number one reason why people have trouble sleeping is excess adrenaline. Um, some people have trouble falling asleep. Some people have trouble staying asleep. Some people toss and turn. They grind their teeth, restless leg syndrome. Uh, people get up at night to urinate. This is all excess adrenaline. And then during the day, um, you know, anxiety is only caused by excess adrenaline. And ADHD, you know, millions of people with, with ADHD uh, and um, conditions like fibromyalgia. There are 10 million people in this country with fibromyalgia, and that's also caused by excess adrenaline. So, it, and we can talk about these conditions. Um, and what I'll try to do, I, you know, I, I know that um, athletes have a tendency to listen to your podcast. And, um, and what they have, that what allows athletes to be athletes is adrenaline. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so there are a lot of athletes who benefit from having excess adrenaline, but they also have to realize that they can have some of the problems related to excess adrenaline. Um, right. In my time as an athlete, we always knew that this was this magical uh, peak performance attribute to harness <laughs> where you wake up on race morning, you're feeling a little shaky, you're not hungry, you don't want to have even a bite of a banana because you just can't even, uh, can't even, can't even think about processing food. You're just, you're just wired on, on those fumes. And those are, those are great on race morning or if you're heading into a fight in the MMA cage, I suppose. Uh, but then during the routine training patterns, oh boy, oh boy, I had to become a student of all this <clears> stuff because I would go, go, go like a champ. And I'd go for six weeks straight with these beautiful training cycles of high mileage and turning in great workouts. And then all of a sudden, it would seem like I fell off a cliff and I didn't know what was wrong with my body. I'd, I'd go to the doctor. Everything was fine. But it was just this exhaustion that came on the heels of, I would say, prolonged uh, bouts of excess adrenaline now, now understanding this. <clears throat> um, yeah, fatigue is, is relatively common because what adrenaline does, it, it causes the muscle to tense up. 
<clears throat> and keeping muscle tense uses up a tremendous amount of energy. Um, so, and also adrenaline takes away the appetite. So I can, and adrenaline peaks early in the morning, you know, somewhere around two thirty in the morning. So I, you can understand why you, when you wake up, you didn't have any appetite. So, uh, so there was another one that really, um, alarmed me when I learned this recently from Dr. Phil Maffetone, frequent podcast guest, when he said, you know, when you get up in the middle of the night to pee, you shouldn't be doing that. It's not a good thing. And it does uh, show that signs of uh, adrenal stimulation being that the kidneys are uh, right next to the adrenal glands. That's why it's called adrenal, right? And I was like, oh, no, I thought it was just, I thought it was because I had to pee because uh, I, I hydrate myself well. But in fact, we should be like our, our dogs that are sleeping on the floor where they can hold it all night. So that was Maffetone's <laughs> description of this is something off with your uh, hormonal balance. <clears throat> yeah, the, um, and even during the day when people have that urge to urinate, um, that's, that's adrenaline. And on television, they advertise what they call an overactive bladder uh, in women. And again, that, that's adrenaline. And, you know, a lot of these women now are getting Botox injections in, in the bladder which means for the next three months, they have to self-catheterize themselves. Every time they need to urinate, they have to catheterize themselves. I doubt if they tell them this, but this is what happens. Um, but even bedwetting in children uh, is caused by excess adrenaline. And knowing this, you can actually get rid of bedwetting in 24 hours, you know, just by treating uh, the reason why the body's putting out excess adrenaline. So, uh, so let me ask you, I was uh, under the impression that the term adrenaline is a reference for an assortment of different hormones, or is that is that is that name of a uh, an actual hormone? I know we're familiar with cortisol that we're using to describe the most prominent uh, agent in the fight or flight response. But let's get a little bit into the terminology. <laughs> well, what's interesting? <clears throat> adrenaline is the fight or flight hormone, and uh, it's also a neurotransmitter. And as a neurotransmitter, um, adrenaline gives people intelligence and enhances create and it, 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 it enhances creativity. Um, so, so the thing about adrenaline, it's also called epinephrine. It, the terms are synonymous. So that's where. You, so it. it uh, but but in in essence, adrenaline is a it's a both a hormone as well as a neurotransmitter. Um, so it presides over all kinds of. Uh, metabolic and cognitive function, and uh, your your leading premise, which was so uh, compelling, was that we're uh, confusing this commonly touted diagnosis of adrenal fatigue, thinking that we don't have enough adrenaline, and you're kind of flipping the uh, the definition here to describe that really the problem could be the excess adrenaline and the fallout that occurs from that. Well. What's interesting, all the symptoms of adrenal fatigue are those of adrenaline dominance. The, the, the term adrenal fatigue, it's a naturopath diagnosis. You know, it's a diagnosis done by naturopaths. And the reason why they do this is because naturopaths um, do saliva tests. And the thing about adrenaline, it's a survival hormone. 
And as a survival hormone, it cuts off blood supply to certain areas of areas of the body that are not necessary for survival. Uh, for example, people that get cold hands and cold feet, it's always blamed on an underactive thyroid, but it's actually adrenaline. And there's another uh, condition called irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, which is manifested mostly by constipation. And again, it's because the intestines are not needed for survival. And but also, the salivary glands are not needed for survival. And so it cuts off blood supply to the salivary glands, so hormones do not get in, into the saliva. So when they do a saliva test, they wind up with a low cortisol in the morning when it should be you know, higher. And based on that low cortisol in, in the saliva, they, they diagnose adrenal fatigue. If they did a blood test, they would find that the cortisol level is actually high. Um, I apologize for that. Um, so anyway, the, um, yeah, so, <clears throat> so adrenal fatigue is really adrenaline dominance. All the symptoms of adrenal fatigue are those of adrenaline dominance. It's just, it just a, a misdiagnosis. And the problem is, is that very often these naturopaths will start people on, on cortisol um, when they find that low, you know, on, on a drug called Cortev. And, cort and cortisol is not a happy hormone. You know, it you know, can raise blood sugar, causes weight gain, causes osteoporosis and brain damage. I mean, you know, so people have to be real careful about this whole adrenal fatigue business. <laughs> so, um, uh, so what about the person who's complaining of the classic burnout pattern, such as my athletic story or someone who just doesn't have the necessary energy to get up? And in your book, you have that uh, anecdote about the, the female patient that uh, was too tired to put on makeup in the morning and all that sort of thing where you, you seem... Uh, I guess uh, logically you would uh, associate that with low levels of hormones. And so when someone says, yeah, you have adrenal fatigue, your cortisol's low, and that's why you're so tired, uh, it makes sense intuitively. But if you can explain this more deeply, that might help the, uh, the understanding. Well, <clears throat> you know, people have to understand that, that adrenaline is an extremely powerful hormone. Um, it's also a rage hormone. You know, when you hear about road rage, that's only caused by excess adrenaline. And, you know, um, and, you know, you see that in the paper almost every day. There are reports about people that attack other people because of it. But the thing is, um, is that it, there are two things involved here. Um, when people have a lot of adrenaline, um, adrenaline is a stress hormone. It, it's and it's um, and and the thing is, is that, like I mentioned before, it does cause muscle to tense up and they use up a lot of energy but the other thing is is that when people have a lot of adrenaline and it creates stress the body responds to stress by putting out a hormone called cortisol and cortisol is an anti-thyroid hormone and and the reason for that is that when people have a lot of adrenaline which is a stimulant they don't tolerate thyroid which is also a stimulant so very often um you know when the adrenaline levels are not high that low thyroid kicks in. So, uh, so it, it just, unfortunately, you know, uh, adrenaline does affect other hormones. Um, you know, thyroid is one, also insulin. And, and the reason for that is that the reason why the body keeps on putting out adrenaline is simply to raise sugar levels for the brain. Now, most people do not realize that the brain uses more sugar than any other part of the body for, for weight. And um, and when it comes to athletes, you know, um, 
they obviously use up a lot of glucose with their muscles. And they don't realize that they're actually taking fuel away from the brain. And that all, you know, and when you take sugar away from the brain, it falls asleep. You know, they call that hypoglycemia. And so part of that fatigue could be just a low sugar in the brain. You know, so there, there are a lot of factors involved. Um, but on the positive side, all this is easy to fix. <laughs> I just want your listeners to realize that. Yeah, I guess what we're looking at, that, that key uh, description that we're just trying to make enough sugar for the brain to survive the day. And then here we are in hectic, high-stress modern life, and we have all these new uh, issues like hyperconnectivity, where we're using our brain in a manner that we never have ever before in the history of humanity and, until the last 20 years when we can be, or 15 years when we can have, you know, constant connectivity and constant stimulation to the brain. And boy, oh boy, I just read an article about uh, the chess players and they burn an extraordinary amount of calories when they're sitting there playing at grandmaster level of chess because of the concentration level involved and the high use of the brain and also their blood pressure and heart rate <clears throat> increase just from the, the pressure of the competition. But when you uh, pull this insight to any old person who's trying to balance their life with workouts and exercise and then going and working hard and staring at a screen all day, uh, you're, you're having to constantly fuel that brain with glucose. And if you're not getting it from a snack every hour, or if you're not full ketogenic like many of our listeners where they're making ketones to fuel the brain, you're going to have to get it from somewhere. And that generally turns into this hormonal cascade uh, that that leads to excess adrenaline uh, to, to fuel that ravenous brain, which burns 20 to 25% of our daily calories. That's an excellent point. I, You know, people have heard of people that are driving who fall asleep when they're driving. And, uh, and again, when, when that happens, it's because the brain has run out of fuel. But, but people don't realize that when they're sitting in a car and, and they're looking out the window, their brain is registering all that scenery that's going by. And they're looking at other cars to think about where they're going. They may be listening to the radio, talking. In other words, the brain uses up a tremendous amount of fuel just sitting in a car. This is why people that our passengers can fall asleep. These are the creative type people, and we'll talk about that because they're, they're a, whole, a whole different subset of people that have problems with adrenaline, the, the creative type people. Um, but that's an excellent point. I mean, yeah, it, and, and I hadn't even realized this, and um, I appreciate you, you mentioning that this is a different world. You know, the old days were just, you know, people would just go out hunting and stuff like this. But nowadays, the, the brain is so involved with everything. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, in the um, old days, we'd sit on the porch with our neighbor, uh, have, a, have a cool uh, drink, and talk at a, uh, a measured pace about the, uh, the matters of the day. And now... I feel like our speech patterns have sped up, our attention span is shortened, and so even when we're having a routine social conversation, uh, when we go out to happy hour, it's people talking on top of each other and the conversation moving so quickly and then someone whipping out a smartphone to show the pictures of the thing that happened last weekend so we can comment on that and then transition to the next point. So um, you said it's easy to fix. I think the biggest challenge is turning our, our lifestyle patterns around so we have more downtime, but I'm really interested to hear, uh, we're going deeper now into the book uh, Adrenaline Dominance, the title of your latest book, uh, to find out some of the, I would call these uh, counter to mainstream medical treatment. 
And maybe you can compare and contrast what's happening to the patient that's been diagnosed with, uh, let's say, a mood or a mental disorder and how they're treating them versus uh, how we might look at this holistically uh, with some of your breakthrough methods. The um, Again, another good point. The people are not aware that uh, excess adrenaline is responsible. Not only, you know, I mentioned anxiety but also depression. It's a common cause of depression. And, and the reason for that, when it comes to depression, there are basically two different types. One is called a reactive depression. You know, somebody dies in the family or somebody loses a job or, or some, you know, some event happens that causes somebody to be depressed. And, and, and unfortunately, the, the treatment there is just a tincture of time. But, the, um, <clears throat> but a very common type of depression uh, it is called uh, an endogenous depression. And this is where people are depressed, but they're not exactly sure why they're depressed. And the most common cause of this is internalization of anger. And adrenaline is an anger hormone. So you can see how this can affect um, people uh, with, with regard to depression. But, you know, bipolar disorders, uh, disorders or, or, or manic depressive type conditions, again, uh, is only caused by excess adrenaline. Um, there's a condition called PMDD, pre, um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is found in about 8% of women that are menstruating. And these are the women that for, for 10 days out of the month, nobody can live with them. They have severe anger issues and severe mood swings. And again, it's one of these conditions that it's considered incurable because they don't know the cause, but the cause is excess adrenaline. And again, and we'll talk about this. Anything related to excess adrenaline is easy to fix. Um, <laughs> you know. oh, we're getting, we're having fun here, Doctor Michael. Especially when you say, uh, you know, bipolar disorder is only caused by excess adrenaline. And I'm curious, would uh, the the next doctor that we we bring on to the, we'll, we'll put you on Nightline with those split screen with some uh, mainstream doc who's uh, presiding over the the medication regimen of the patients. Would they take strong exception to that? Is this a controversial point of view, or is this something that uh, when we when we break it all down, uh, can we can we get agreement that uh, you know that the baseline for some of these diseases is uh, overly stressful lifestyle, excess adrenaline? Well. Uh, everything <clears throat> that I say is considered controversial, and you know <laughs> when you look when, when you look at our medical system, you know first of all, doctors are not trained <clears throat> um, about hormones. Even though hormones control every system in the body, doctors don't get any training in it. And the other thing that doctors are not trained in is treating the causation of illness. You know what they are trained to do is give out drugs, and and obviously the reason for that is that uh, drug companies control medicine. They control what doctors learn. They control the medical boards. They control the FDA. They control everything. And, and so the, the main entity in, in charge of the whole medical system has no interest in people being healthy. And, you know, that's why there's no preventive medicine in this country. There is none. They don't allow it. Um, you know, flu shots do not prevent the flu. They, they actually cause the flu in most cases. And, 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 and mammograms do not prevent breast cancer. They, they can cause breast cancer. I'm just saying there is no preventive medicine. I mean, look, you know, we have the highest incidence of diabetes and strokes and heart attacks and cancer and other conditions in any other civilized country in, in the world. And yet we, we spend more on health care than any other country. We do not have a good medical system. <clears throat> so the problem is that a person like me, you know, I, I like to approach conditions from the cause. Because that's the only way you can get rid of them is to treat the cause of the problem. And, and when you do that, it allows you to take people off medications. And 
you know, when they talk about the standard of care, taking a person off drugs is so far against the standard of care. So, you know, so obviously uh, I'm not well accepted from a medical standpoint, you know, uh, standard of medicine uh, standpoint. But medicine is a passion for me. And there are so many conditions that are caused by excess adrenaline. You know, even, you know, you've heard of tinnitus, you know, ringing in the ears, also caused by excess adrenaline. Because when people have excess adrenaline, they always carry tension in the back of their neck. And, um, and, you know, you have the vertebral arteries going up and down the neck and coming off the vertebral arteries or the vestibular arteries to go to the inner ear. But when you have a lot of tension in the neck, it cuts off the circulation going to the inner ear. And so... Um, when we talk about treatment, they'll learn that they can put a special cream on the back of the neck that can eliminate tinnitus and tension in the back of the neck. Um, you know, you've heard of migraine headaches? I have heard of them, um, indeed. I used to get them before I switched my diet to Primal 11 years ago. I used to get them okay. frequently. Well, you know, I've been in practice for a long time, <laughs> a long time. And in all those years, um, the, you know, the number of people that have thought they have had migraine headaches did not have migraine headaches. There's another type of headache called occipital neuritis. Occipital neuritis, it emanates from the occipital nerve sheath at the base of the skull, and it causes excruciating headaches. And these are the kind of headaches that very often shoot right into the back of the eye. They can cause a visual field defect. But the, the, but the bottom line here is that they're caused by excess adrenaline, and they're extremely easy to fix. Migraine headaches are not easy to fix, but these people are put on drugs that do nothing for them. Um, you know, I, I'm just saying it, it, it's so easy to get people well if you know what's causing, you know, what the reason is why they're not well. Um, and... So I don't know if doctors are interested in knowing the cause of illness because, um, you know, for them, they like to give out drugs like cholesterol-lowering drugs, which are <laughs> toxic. And um, I, I won't go into that, but um, years from now, they're going to look back on cholesterol-lowering drugs like we look on leeches. But anyway, um, which is how they used to treat people in the old days. The um, Yeah, so, yeah, so... If I was put it put aside one of your doctors, a traditional doctor, no, they wouldn't agree with what I say. But then again, they'll never get their patients well. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, most of the listeners to this show, uh, I'll have you know, are very forward-thinking, progressive. So we're kind of talking to a lot of people who are probably nodding their head at some of these proclamations you make that can be uh, interpreted as controversial. But I also like to put in a plug here for um, the, 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 the strong notion that uh, what we're doing isn't working. And so I really think it compels us, this is the best argument of anything, <clears throat> compelling us to think differently than just trudging over to uh, the pharmacy to continue to get the meds that your, your father and your grandfather might have taken for their uh, cholesterol lowering or whatever's going on. And that, that to me is, um, you know, th- there's so many uh, well-meaning people in the medical system. I have a lot of family members that are right there on the front lines taking care of patients and doing the best they can. Uh, but we're talking about just expanding our horizons and, and you know, being harmonious with uh, when I uh, have an illness, I'm going to go see a doctor and I'm going to uh, shake their hand and pat them on the back and tell them thank you for saving my life when they took my appendix out. Uh, but in the meanwhile, I'm going to try to investigate dietary options and other uh, breakthrough strategies 
to uh, protect my health and, and avoid disease in the first place. And uh, in reviewing your material, it seems like you're really big on this um, particular uh, idea of the uh, progesterone cream. So maybe we can get into that as one of your uh, healing strategies. Um, <clears throat> you know, progesterone um, is thought by most people, including doctors, as being a woman's hormone. And remember I, remember I mentioned that doctors don't get training in hormones. And, and what few doctors realize is that men and women have the identical hormones, identical, different levels, but the same hormones. So progesterone is not a woman's hormone. It's a, it's a, it's a male and female hormone. And, uh, and again, progesterone is thought mainly as a hormone that blocks estrogen. And it does. But the, what, what, what is not known by the medical system is that progesterone also blocks adrenaline and it also blocks insulin. And we're talking within minutes, you know, th- these things occur. And um, so, so progesterone is an important part of managing excess adrenaline. But what's interesting, it's not the most important part. You know, remember I, I mentioned about treating the cause of illness. So if there's a concern that somebody has excess adrenaline, then it's necessary to treat the reason why the body's putting out all this adrenaline. And what makes it relatively simple, there's only two reasons why the body puts out a lot of adrenaline. You know, one is if you're in danger. And I'm going to assume that most of your listeners do not live in a war zone. So, um, and if danger does occur, uh, it's only there for a very short period of time. And as soon as the danger passes, then the adrenaline levels go down. But there are people that are putting out adrenaline all day and all night, and they're not in danger. So here, the reason why this is the second reason why the body puts out adrenaline is simply to raise glucose levels for the brain. Remember, I mentioned that the brain uses a lot of glucose, and uh, and any time the body detects that glucose levels are low in the brain, it just simply puts out adrenaline. Um, so what what I'm saying is is that if people actually provide the fuel that the brain needs, then the body doesn't have to use adrenaline to do it. So, um, you know, this is why um, you can actually get rid of conditions caused by excess adrenaline within 24 hours. A lot of conditions you can get rid of. Um, Even bedwetting in children. You know, some children have bedwetting for years. um, And yet that could be eliminated in 24 hours just by lowering adrenaline. Um, And, you know, it it starts, you know, even though adrenaline affects children. Let's go back to babies. You know, you, you may have heard of colic in babies. Colic is also caused by excess adrenaline. And if you were to take progestin cream and rub it on the belly of the abdomen of the, of the, of the, of the baby within about three or four minutes, stops crying. Okay. Mothers, Uh, you hear that one? Go try it. If you're, if you're at your wits end, like the lady on the plane yesterday who couldn't get that baby to stop crying for a three hour flight from Houston to LA. Oh man, all we needed was a little cream. I'll go step up to row 17 and do it myself. Um, and usually, um, mothers that do have babies that have, have colic, um, these are the mothers that had babies when they were in the womb as a fetus were doing, did a lot of kicking and that all that extra kicking is again, adrenaline. So, um, and, and then, you know, so we have colic in babies, we have the terrible twos, we have bedwetting in children, and then you have what's called ADHD. And ADHD is all about adrenaline. And there are probably a thousand books or more on ADHD. Not one of them mentions adrenaline. And yet ADHD is all about adrenaline. And, you know, in my book called Adrenaline Dominance, I I talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
And the only condition I put in the good uh, category with, uh, with excess adrenaline is, is ADHD. And it's not generally thought of as a good, good thing. But if you consider the fact that the most intelligent, successful, creative people in the world have ADHD, how bad can it be? In fact, the most successful people have two different types of ADHD. This is a combination of ADHD and what they call ADD. ADD, you know, they, they refer to children that have trouble focusing, but they're not hyperactive. So they just call it ADD. But they're actually hyperactive in the brain. And, um, and people with ADD, these are the ones I call creative type ADHDs, they have the most adrenaline of all. And, um, and this is why they always have a weight issue. And because keep in mind that the reason why the body is putting out adrenaline is to raise sugar levels. So it doesn't matter whether you're eating sugar or if the body is making sugar, if you don't burn it up, all that extra sugar gets stored as fat in the fat cells. And also keep in mind that adrenaline peaks at 2.30 in the morning when people are just lying in bed, either sleeping or trying to sleep. And so they're not burning up all that sugar that's making. And then when the body releases adrenaline, it creates stress, and the body responds to stress by putting out cortisol to deal with the stress. And the first thing cortisol does, as you probably know, it also raises sugar levels through a different process. So while people are sleeping, they're making two hormones that, that create, you know, raise sugar levels, and it's probably the number one cause of weight gain, and nobody ever talks about it. You know, you may have um, you know athletes who listen to your program, you know that that actually they're working out, they're doing this, they're dieting, they still can't lose weight. And that's because they're putting on all this weight while they're sleeping. I just want to let you know that. Oh, because they are making all this sugar at 2.30 in the morning, obviously they're not burning it off at the gym at that right. time. And so the sugar's uh, getting stored as fat. Is that how you're describing it? That's exactly right. And, and keep in mind that, again, because they work out a lot, their muscles are burning up a lot of glucose. So the brain is still deprived of glucose. So the body's still putting out adrenaline all day and all night. So... Um, so there's and, some looks like there's some nutritional strategies, and one thing I'm wondering uh, because I've heard this from uh, other people like Dr. Kate Shanahan, Dr. Phil Maffetone, saying that this fasting that's become so popular in the ancestral health scene, and see if you can fast until 12 noon, it's great for your body. You get the autophagy and you get all these benefits and weight loss. But if you're in this category of excess adrenaline perhaps that adds to your stress factors and instead you should get a nutritious meal as soon as you awaken so that your your brain is well fueled without having to resort to these uh, high stress mechanisms to to bring the glucose to the brain well if if you look at thin people you'll find that almost all of them eat throughout the entire day uh, small amounts but they they're continuously giving a fuel to their body so the body doesn't have to keep on putting out adrenaline to provide fuel um, the, um, so people that skip breakfast, they're usually living on adrenaline for the rest of the day, which could be good, you know, <laughs> if they're burning it up, but, um, you know, but, if, but if you have listeners that have road rage and want to get rid of that, then they have no other choice. They're going to have to start eating in the morning. Well, we're talking to a community that's uh, very familiar with transitioning away from carb dependency to becoming fat adapted and not requiring breakfast and feeling great. Uh, but I just want to uh, speculate that if you're uh, identifying 
with some of these high stress patterns, let's say uh, getting up in the middle of the night to urinate or, you know, being awakened with racing thoughts, as you describe, you have a whole list that you describe in your book, uh, the teeth grinding, uh, fibromyalgia, uh, lower back pain, which is a hormonal, can be a hormonal imbalance, depression, road rage, mood swings, uh, weight gain, things like that. And you're uh, identifying as a, uh, a, f- a fat enthusiast, a, a high fat eating enthusiast, uh, maybe there's some experimentation to do here where uh, we can get a primal aligned meal going in the morning and you're still getting uh, some of this uh, fuel into the into the system that is transitioning away from that that stress response yeah um, so we, we we sort of briefly started talking about way to approach excess adrenaline um, by providing the right fuel so I just want to add that, that the brain actually uses two different fuels. Uh, you know, one is glucose, <clears throat> uh, but the other uh, fuel the brain uses, which I'm, I would suspect your listeners know, are ketones. And um, so, so, uh, but but also your listeners should also realize that the brain uses a fuel in about three hours. So that's why throughout the, the day, and especially if they have problems with excess adrenaline, it's best you know they should eat something right before they go to sleep. Uh, because remember, the adrenaline is going to be pe- peaking around 2.30 in the morning when the brain runs out of fuel. So, um, you know, I know that a lot of people are taught never to eat after 5 o'clock or to avoid eating, after, you know, in the evening. But actually, the brain needs fuel <clears throat> throughout, you know, 24 hours a day, the brain needs fuel. So, um, and and the... Um, and when it comes to progestin cream, in the beginning, I have people use it before every meal. And, and the reason for that is that as soon as people put food in their mouth, the body's putting out insulin. And, um, the, and when insulin goes up, blood sugar is going to drop. And when blood sugar drops, the body puts out more adrenaline. So one of the ways of controlling adrenaline is to control insulin. And so progesterone blocks adrenaline and insulin, which is nice. Um, a lot of your listeners may be told that they're pre-diabetic because the doctors do a hemoglobin A1C. And, but again, um, they have to realize that, that they're not pre-diabetic, but um, the, um, they, they just have sugar because the body keeps on putting out adrenaline. So the hemoglobin A1C goes up. So 98% of people that are told they're pre-diabetic based on a hemoglobin A1C, are, they're, they're not pre-diabetic. They just have a lot of adrenaline. Well, I guess they are on the route to diabetes unless they manage their excess adrenaline. Um, we'll edit those ringings out. I'll ask you the question again. Oh. But, um, <laughs> so if they're, if they're not pre-diabetic, I, I suppose they, they uh, in some ways are on the road to diabetes if they don't manage this problem of excess adrenaline. They'll continue to have problems not, not, managing the glucose. Not, no, not necessarily, no. Um, if, if they're predisposed to diabetes, yes, things will get worse if they have a lot of adrenaline. But like I say, most people are not pre-diabetic. They just have a lot of adrenaline causing it. Um, the, um, but, um, but, you know, what's nice about being knowledgeable or having an awareness of adrenaline, it allows you to help, help a lot of people get well. You know, um, the, um, you know, even, even 
addiction is is related to excess adrenaline because people get involved with drugs and alcohol just to relax, just to chill out. If you look at the music industry, you know the the, the amount of drugs and alcohol in the music industry. But remember, these are creative people, and I mentioned that creative people have have the most adrenaline. So, um, but you know, when people go into drug rehab. You know, nothing is ever done about treating the reason why they get involved in drugs and alcohol. And and because rehab centers have no incentive to to do that because they want repeat customers. Um, you know, they they don't make money by getting people well. Um, but you can say that if the whole medical system is that it's, it's not cost effective to get people well because you lose patients. Um, yeah, that's sometimes... Um tough to swallow when you think about the individual personalities and the people that are working hard at, at rehab centers or in medical communities, uh, whatever, whether it's your first stop urgent care or the hospital or, uh, you know, the practices that people are operating. But, you know, they're operating within the paradigm and the skills that they've been given. And so, you know, the traditional treatment protocol, maybe they will get repeat business at the rehab centers if they don't uh, address the underlying cause. So I prefer to, uh, you know, position it in this manner and possibly unearth some of the things that are uh, beneath. And, you know, you mentioned the music industry. That's interesting. Same with the, the athletes and the, you know, their, uh, their, their marijuana testing in the NFL and the players union is fighting back saying, look, you know, we're getting our, we're getting bashed uh, left and right and we're trying not to get addicted to opioids. So we have to unwind from this extremely high stress profession uh, one way or the other. And it, it makes an interesting point where, you know, all the, all the stresses that uh, we individuals are dealing with in daily life, we're looking for outlets and ways to, uh, to cope and, and decompress and get rid of this excess adrenaline problem. Uh, but I think the first step is, is being aware of it. So uh, let's maybe transition into um, how, we can, how we can manage it. Uh, starting with the the cream and who's a candidate and how would you how would you use a product like this? What's it called? Where can you get it? <clears throat> well, you know, while we're talking about progesterone, uh, I should mention since we're talking about athletes, um, traumatic brain injury. Uh, the drug of choice for traumatic brain injury is progesterone, um, and and the reason for that it immediately reduces uh, swelling in the brain, um, and you would think that progesterone cream would be in every first aid kit on a football field or something like that. But, um, but you know, again, these athletes in the off season get involved with drugs and alcohol. Uh, you know, during during the season, they're, they're used. You know, they're they're um, very active and they're burning up a lot of their adrenaline. But in the off season, they still have all this excess adrenaline that stresses them out. So. Um, so it would be nice if, if they could go home with some progesterone cream and some vegetables and for, for the glucose. But anyway, um, you know, um, I have to tell you, it, it, it's very rewarding to get people well. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I had a fellow that, that came to see me and, and what he complained about uh, is that every morning of his life he would wake up and vomit. And, you know, they call that cyclical vomiting syndrome. And again, it's under the category. They don't know what causes it and there's no cure for it. But the only thing that causes excess vomiting like that is adrenaline. And and he also had severe fibromyalgia. And so while he's sitting in front of me, I, I 
put some progestin cream on his arm. He rubbed two arms together. And we, we started chatting again. And about five minutes later, you know, he sat back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, Doc, in my entire life, I have never felt this good. And, you know, it's been now probably about 11 years. He's not had one episode of vomiting since he left my office. And, you know, um, I'm just saying it's very rewarding to get people well. It really is. Uh, You know, you have these 10 million people with fibromyalgia. They've all been told that there's no cure for it. And yet it takes anywhere from three days to three weeks to get rid of it. Um, You know, chronic interstitial cystitis is another condition felt to be incurable. And it just goes on and on. And, um, And, you know, they have doctors that are called functional medicine doctors. And, and what their claim to fame is that they like to treat conditions from the cause. And so I've been in touch with a number of functional medicine schools. They have no interest in learning about adrenaline. So you're saying even the functional medicine practitioner is not fully appreciating the, how adrenaline dominance is the root cause of many of the things that they're treating. Exactly. <clears throat> Right, but th- but that's true of most doctors, and uh, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm anti-doctor. It's just that you know, to a large extent, you know, they've lost the ability to think and reason, unfortunately. But anyway, um, um, so the um, but you know, we, we're talking about all the different conditions related to excess adrenaline, but but what's what's nice is that they're all easy to fix. And um, um. right, so you you have a clinic there, a wellness center down in the desert, and why don't you tell us uh, what what you do at the clinic, what kind of patients you see, and perhaps what we can uh, consider doing at home if we have some marching orders to try to try to uh, manage our adrenaline. Okay, yeah, I um, I um, don't see patients anymore, actually. I, uh, um, but the, um, but, you know, first of all, people have to realize that in order to lower adrenaline, it's just really a matter of giving, giving the brain the fuel that it needs. And, you know, and, the, and I mentioned that the brain uses two different fuels. One is glucose. And the best source of glucose for the brain actually comes from vegetables. And, and the reason for that um, is that Vegetables, for the most part, are low glycemic. They don't produce a lot of insulin. You know, candy and soda are great sources of glucose, but they produce a lot of insulin, and which lowers the sugar levels, and the sugar never reaches the brain. So, uh, so vegetables are, are a really good source of glucose for the brain. And then the other fuel, as we mentioned, are ketones, and, and you get ketones from either MCT oil or coconut oil. Uh, coconut oil is better for cooking because it has a very high heat threshold. Uh, MCT oil can be added to anything, including salad dressing, you know, with vinegar, or it can be put in coffee or tea. Um, and so throughout the day, if, if people were to provide, you know, the vegetables and, and the coconut and, and, and MCT oil, um, within 24 hours, they can have a tremendous drop in, in adrenaline. And um, like I say, road rage can go away in 24 hours. I mean, that, that's how qu- quickly it becomes effective. And, you know, with the cream, you know, the cream is, is normally, you know, it has to be a 5% cream. 5% means that each pump is 50 milligrams. And 50 milligrams is the exact strength you need to block adrenaline. So, and that's usually applied to the forearm. You rub the two forearms together. 
Um, but also, if there's a lot of uh, tension in the back of the neck, that's a great place to put progestin cream. Um, people that have what's called restless leg syndrome, um, you know, and there you just have to apply it on, on top of the thighs, just massage it in, and within about 30 seconds, the restless leg syndrome is gone. People that get cramps in their calves or their feet, again, this is caused by adrenaline. They just have to massage the cream into the cramps, uh, and they're gone in about 30 seconds. Um, it's a, you know, progestin cream, uh, there's no downside to it. Um, the only time it cannot be used is when people have what's called type 3 diabetes. Uh, type 3 diabetes um, is another word for that is insulin resistance in the brain. And what's important about knowing about this condition is one of the most common precursors to Alzheimer's. Um, your listeners may have heard that coconut oil can actually cure people with Alzheimer's, and that's because the coconut oil converts into ketones, and ketones go directly into the brain. They don't, they don't need insulin. So, um, but if people already have insulin resistance in the brain and they use progesterone, it increases the insulin resistance, and right away there's an, a, a much marked increase in the in the output of adrenaline, and that happens right away. So it's actually a test for type 3 diabetes. Right now, they don't have one, but this is actually a test for it. And um, and if that's the case, um, then your listeners should call me and I'll tell them exactly what they need to do. Um, the um, And if they need my phone number, it's 760-836-3232. Wow, listen to this guy putting it out there. He's the, he's the real deal. He's confident he can help you. I appreciate that, Dr. Michael. Well, Um, So you're saying there's no downside. So even a patient who's under the care of a physician and being dispensed prescription drugs, you detail in your book how a lot of these drugs like the antidepressants make the situation worse by stimulating increased adrenaline production. Uh, But would you, uh, you would advocate that someone can try this out uh, apart and aside from whatever their medicine recommendations are, and and there's no downside, there's no uh, risk of uh, that that's something that their doctor might object to. Or are they going to say this is a this this is nothing type sort of thing? Well, you know, unfortunately, you know, doctors don't know hormones, and <clears throat> they're not. So a lot of them are not familiar with progesterone cream. They would even question why a male would want to use progesterone. Um, they don't realize, like I said, men and women have the identical hormones. Uh, men stop making progesterone right around the age of 50. And what's interesting is that right after that age is when men start developing prostate cancer and, and, and they put on weight around the middle because, again, <clears throat> uh, progesterone helps prevent prostate cancer because it, um, it blocks estrogen and, you know, and it blocks insulin, so it prevents weight from coming on around the middle. But after the age of 50, uh, men don't have progesterone. So <clears> – <throat> and – the other thing, you know, your listeners may be familiar with the term telomeres, you know, in terms of aging. And, you know, the number one thing that, that shortens telomeres is stress. And again, you know, progesterone is an anti-stress hormone. You know, it blocks adrenaline and, and cortisol. And um, so it's actually an anti-aging hormone also. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice hormone. It really is. And, and um you know, they have oral progesterone, which your listeners should, should avoid because oral progesterone converts into a different hormone called allopregnanolone. Um, and what's nice about a 5% progesterone cream, you can get it over the counter. You don't need a prescription for it. <clears throat> they can get that on my website. Um, and 
you know, I had a special 5% cream formulated. It's also available on, on Amazon. Um, it's called Plat Pro 5% Progestin Cream. I, I got my name put on it. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, so you would recommend this for uh, quite a disparate group of people. Obviously, anyone with those excess adrenaline symptoms, uh, perhaps the male who's uh, starting to fight the battle with the spare tire, and we talk uh, a lot about that, where, where a little bit of spare tire uh, gets you into inflammatory processes that beget the uh, accumulation of a bigger spare tire. So you really want to fight that battle hard when you're around 50 or whatever age. Uh, so is there anyone that... Um, might not want to do this uh, because their symptoms aren't there. Uh, they're they're younger. I mean, what categories would be a good candidate, and who wouldn't? Well, I I've never actually met anyone who was not a candidate for progesterone cream. Actually, um, <clears throat> um, the uh, and like I said, there's no downside to it. But you know, uh, but you know, men wind up with higher estrogen levels than women have uh, after you know when uh, men go into what's called the andropause, and women go into the menopause. And at that time, men have much higher levels of estrogen than women do. Um, the uh, and that's again, as I mentioned, that's where prostate cancer comes from. And again, progesterone is an anti-estrogen hormone. So. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know of anybody who could not use it. Um, it's uh, it's a natural antidepressant. It's a feel good hormone. Um, I used to have to slap my face when I was driving, trying to keep my eyes open. And ever since I started using progesterone, this goes back many many years. I've never never gotten sleepy in a car after, since I started using progesterone cream. Wow, that is an awesome test case right there because there's nothing like getting on that road, and uh, you, you know you can always you can always find. Uh, there's those times when you're you get sleepy out of nowhere and it's just it's just difficult even though you think you're healthy and you're energetic and you've you've left the trip with enough energy but when you get to hour three i feel that all the time man so i'm i'll, I'll can, can we take an application before a road trip would that be a fair t- oh, <clears throat> no absolutely yes yes i love it i'm gonna do it yeah. man you're you're okay. full of uh full of interesting knowledge. You're making us think critically. I, I thank you so much for being on the show. Folks, go uh, pick up a copy of Adrenaline Dominance. It's uh, When did this book come out and where else can we follow you or find out more about you? You said your website to order the cream if you're interested. Yeah, well, the website uh, is www.platwellness.com. And, um, and the book, you know, Adrenaline Dominance, is a, it's on Amazon or it's on my website. Um, and if, and if anybody, and I'm always available to answer questions, um, so they can either email or call or whatever. Uh, I, you know, I, I, like, I enjoy talking about medicine. So That is really, really special. I, I appreciate that so much, Dr. Michael. And uh, there's a lot of people suffering and confused and doing the best they can and making changes to their lifestyle, obviously listening to the show, trying to be the best they can be. So... We have some interesting new things to think about, especially when uh, you get these awakenings that getting up to pee in the middle of the night is not innocent, and it could be a sign of adrenaline dominance. So thank you for being on the show. 
<clears throat> it's been my pleasure. I think you're the first guest out of whatever a couple hundred to to recite their their own phone number uh, uh, during the during the podcast, and we have many tens of thousands of listeners. So hopefully you don't get bombarded. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but please uh, go visit go visit the website. And um, thanks again. Hey there, Primal Blueprint listeners. Did you know that Primal Kitchen Collagen Peptides help support hair, skin, and nails? Well, we offer a variety of collagen products to suit everyone's palate, from unflavored to mango pineapple or golden turmeric, to our keto matcha or chai tea collagen latte mixes, and much more. Visit us at primalkitchen.com and start fueling your day with collagen peptides. <laughs>